Yeah, but the movie really needed a Sting song. (laughs) 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 Right, I mean, wasn't that obvious? Completely. All right, welcome to another episode of Screen Fix, the show where we will fix a recent film. I am host JC. With me, as always, is the co-host that carries the show. It is Lady Wan. Say hello to everybody, Lady Wan. Hello, everyone. Are you a fan of the Transformers franchise? Each movie makes a billion and a half dollars. What's your feeling on this franchise? I've contributed about nine dollars to the Transformers franchise until Bumblebee. <laughs> which, <laughs> which one did you see? I saw the original one in 2007. Okay, the ending of that one, they're like, we need to get this cube to the top of that building. Meanwhile, the bad guys are literally jets. <laughs> What? I don't know. So this franchise, always full of head scratchers, head scratching moments. This one was supposed to correct all of that. Did it? Um, like a little. There is literal head scratching in this movie, though. I thought this movie was loaded with head scratchers, just on a smaller scale. Oh, much smaller head scratchers. (laughs) This week, (laughs) if you haven't already guessed, we will be fixing Bumblebee. Trailer. I know that you think that's supposed to be you transforming, but that sounds like you have a hairball. (laughs) I'm Charlie Watson. I'm 18. Today, actually. Is the beetle for sale? Cures, kid. Happy birthday. can be terrible about things they don't understand. From now on, the only person you can show yourself around is me. Oh, I'm, I'm good. Now I'm good, thanks. There's a war raging on our planet. If this criminal isn't found, that war may find its way. Is there anyone that can help you? Do you have a family? Me. They're calling an army. I've seen firsthand these things really are. Bumblebee. There is only one way to end this war. You must protect Earth and its people. Take it down! I back me! This is how we stop them. You've got me. And I'm not going anywhere. God, I'm so screwed. Okay, so Bumblebee was directed by Travis Knight. Mm-hmm. A.K.A. rapper Chili T. <laughs> <laughs> so, in case you don't know, 
Travis Knight is the son of Phil Knight, which is the co-founder and chairman of Nike. So he's the epitome of Silver Spoon Kid mm-hmm. getting to play around with rap music and movies. <laughs> he started his career as a rapper named Chili T, suffering through utilizing a recording studio built in his father's mansion. What a guy. What a life. Right. He self-produced his five-song demo. Can you, can you imagine this rich CEO dad with this young son who's like, yo, yo, dad, I'm going to be a rapper. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like the epitome of a bad movie. It's just, oh. no, man, I feel it. I just feel the streets and the lyrics in me. Oh Come on, fine. <laughs> Build oh. me a studio. I just want this entire episode to just have his music like playing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Get off, get off mine is his big hit. Another name for Richard is Dick, so get off mine. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> he did make his rap album in his dad's mansion studio. Of course. The demo caught the attention, quote unquote. I'm saying that because this guy had to know Phil Knight, the chairman of <laughs> <laughs> So the demo caught the attention of Bernie Singleton, who was president of MCA, who passed the demo to producer Hank Shockley, who liked the demo and agreed to produce Knight's debut album with his production team, The Bomb Squad. What? <laughs> We're going to blow up the rap scene. So basically, here's the story. So Knight moves into his parents' Manhattan penthouse for six months. As one does when they're recording their debut rap album. Their debut album. <laughs> uh, 1993, that's when Get Off Mine comes out. It didn't record well. And according to Travis Knight, he didn't like performing anyway. Yeah, it was his choice to not be a famous rapper. Right. It was his choice. (laughs) (laughs) So then, 10 years later, Daddy becomes controlling shareholder in this this studio called uh, Will Vinton Studios. And Travis Knight uh, is promoted to the board of directors. Wow. Yeah. I'm sure he earned it. Totally. Right. Oh, he gets promoted to the board of directors despite having no management experience himself. <laughs> what a life. So the the guy that started the company, Will Vinton, leaves and then the Knights begin to reorganize it. And it actually becomes Laika. And Laika has done some very good things, some very good animation things. And Travis Knight was a producer on many of these films, Coraline, Paranorman. What he was doing, I have no idea. Who knows? his directorial debut was Kubo and the Two Strings. Currently, he's president and CEO of Laika. He's also on the board of directors of (laughs) Nike. All right, so so that's our director of Bumblebee. It was written written by Christina Hodson. Her only other film of note that she had wrote before this one was a movie that came out in 2017 called Unforgettable, which none of us remember, ironically. (laughs) It was starring Rosario Dawson and Katherine Heigl. It's 26% rotten. And this review of that movie kind of sums up how I feel about Bumblebee. And I'm going to read this to you. This is a review of 2017's Unforgettable. Unforgettable's talented cast makes this domestic thriller consistently watchable, even if its failure to fully embrace its premise's campy possibilities prevents it from living up to its title. Hmm. Yeah. And that's kind of how I feel about bumblebee christina hodson though is also writing the birds of prey movie Mm. and also writing the batgirl 
screenplay. Uh, it's starring Haley Steinfeld from Pitch Perfect, True Grit, Edge of Seventeen, fantastic actress, Academy Award nominee, and also a hit pop singer. Yeah. We all know her hit song, Mouse Gals. Whatever, it's a good song. Don't you know? I want to be like Mouse Gals. I actually don't know how it goes. I'm just... <laughs> Is that how it goes? You want to sing it, don't you? I do not want to sing it. Go ahead. Sing no. It. <laughs> Mouse, gals. No. I actually prefer Starving to most girls, but that's okay. It's also oh, a good song. Starving. She's got a lot of good songs. And Love Myself and Let Me Go, they're good songs. Love Myself. I know what that's about. It, that is what it's about. Ew. How, how old is she? How old is She's she? She's 22. Uh, all right. I guess she can love herself and I can hear about it. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Who else is in this movie? Uh, Jorge, <laughs> Jorge Lendenborg Jr. That is the love interest. Even well, uh, I think like the like like interest. The one you know, like do you like one, like the, me? The, He's the like like interest. He's from Spider Man Homecoming and from Love Simon. Oh, the awesome. <laughs> That was me remembering where I knew him from. Thank you. And also John Cena, who, of course, is a big star on the Cena currently uh, in blockers and everything now, right? Yeah, he works. Yeah, the muscly former pro wrestler. He's our low-budget rock. That is is the crew bringing us Bumblebee. And, of course, famously, the previous movies were helmed by Michael Bay, Uh who was bringing us Bayhem, but was bringing us toxic masculinity, racism, (laughs) racism. (laughs) They're just... They're icky. Right. They're very icky. So yeah, before we dive into the plot and and fixing, Lady Wan, why don't you lay on us those fresh hot stats? So this movie had the great misfortune of opening against Aquaman and Mary Poppins Returns the weekend before Christmas. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That was some spectacular planning. So it opened Mm. in third uh, behind both of those to $21 million in the U.S., it's now, after several weeks, up to $97 million in the U.S., but $192 million overseas. I don't think that's a lot overseas. But the budget for this one was only $135 million. It's the cheapest Transformers movie. And it, it feels like it. Well, there's far fewer Transformers in it, right? And little action. Well, this movie is also 93% fresh, according to critics. I think that's backlash. Uh, when a bunch in the series have been so awful and right. loathed we're grading on a curve yes when one goes out that's okay people are like yes yeah that's that whole that's like when revenge of the sith came out and it got such great reviews and i think it's just because the two previous were so terrible that they just critics and audiences wanted a star wars win so badly right and this one came out and it was a little more competent and people are like yay like they just jump all over it i feel like this has a bit of that syndrome it's that's a touch of the sith it definitely does we're grading on a bay curve we're gonna call it that but 79 percent of audiences liked it this is the only fresh transformers movies according to critics but it's second behind the 2007 transformers movie according to audiences that one was like 80 something percent it was pretty pretty high that's the highest everything else has just been like critically very low audience scores low anyway even though they're making literally all of the money so critics are doing the knee-jerk reaction audiences are a little more like yeah yeah okay the plot of 
Bumblebee, before we fix it, we're just going to refresh your memory here. I'm going to try to go through this as quickly as possible. And this summary comes from themoviespoiler.com. The film opens on Cybertron as a fierce battle rages on against the Autobots and Decepticons. Optimus Prime blasts away foes as he calls in assistance from B-127. That's Bumblebee. The small Autobot comes in, beating the Decepticons until Optimus tasks him with a mission. They head toward a launch pad so that Optimus can send B-127 to Earth for a refuge and to help establish a base for the Autobots. The Decepticons rush over to destroy the launch pad, but B-127 makes it off to Cybertron in time while Optimus stays to keep fighting. The year is 1987 in the California town of Brighton Falls. Charlie Watson, played by Haley Steinfeld, wakes up and goes to meet her family. Her mom, Sally, played by Pamela Adlin, her brother Otis, played by Jason Drucker, and her stepfather Ron, played by Steven Schneider. Charlie hasn't gotten over the passing of her father and has not fully accepted Ron as part of the family. She then goes to work at a carnival where her co-worker Memo, played by Jorge Lindenborg Jr., tries to get her attention because he has a crush on her, but she just ignores him. Charlie then accidentally spills lemonade on a guy from school and is mocked by the popular girls, led by Tina, played by Gracie Ziani. Later at home, Charlie tries to fix up a car that she had been working on with her father, but she becomes discouraged and feels that she can't do it on her own. We cut to a training exercise involving paintballs between Sector 7 agents. Agent Jack Burns, played by John Cena, boasts his <laughs> wind to his spears just moments before they see B-127 come crashing out of the ground. And the agents go after Bumblebee, and they chase him until he's cornered. B-127 speaks and says he doesn't want to hurt the agents. However, a real threat arrives in the form of Blitzwing who fires upon the agents before chasing B-127. Blitzwing catches him and demands that he give up the whereabouts of Optimus and the other Autobots. Did you think you could hide? B-127 says he'll never talk, so Blitzwing rips out his voice box and says, yeah, you will never talk, and throws him off the side of a cliff, uh, and he throws a grenade at Blitzwing, kills him, but B-127 is damaged so much that he's losing his uh, memory. His memory core starts to malfunction, and right before his memory core malfunctions, he and he turns off, he scans a Volkswagen Beetle. So Charlie goes by her Uncle Hank's garage to help out and she sees this yellow beetle i wonder who that is since it's her birthday she asks for the car and hank won't give her the car charlie offers to work at the garage for a year but hank relents and lets her take it home uh this is after actually her parents her mom gives her a present that she doesn't really care about and her stepfather gives her an even worse present yeah which is basically like a self-help book or like oh it's worse than that because it's telling a girl to smile more so fuck that (laughs) you should smile you should smile more you'd be so pretty if you just smiled shut up some of us have resting bitch face it is what it is (laughs) has anyone ever told you to smile more are you serious of course I think like every woman has been told they should smile. How have you felt about that? Incredibly angry. What's the equivalent of telling a guy to do? There isn't an equivalent. It's the patriarchy, man. I want to like stand up and raise a fist, but not really a <laughs> fist. I want to just just like Bumblebee as like Bender. <laughs> just like, <laughs> Bumblebee as Bender. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay, oh so fuck the man. Here we go. Um, so after she gets those bad presents, that's when Hank her uncle apparently i actually didn't know that was her uncle when i was watching the movie when she said my uncle did she really mean uncle or like uncle like he's just an old guy who talks to her (laughs) so she drives the car home and she hides it from her mom in the garage and she notices something fall from the car it's like a b-127 
SCP-127's arm or something like that. But when she looks underneath, she shines a flashlight in, in his face, and he reacts. He, suddenly, the whole car turns on. He takes his uh, humanoid Autobot form. What are you? Where did you come from? Okay, it's okay. And Charlie lets him know that she's not going to hurt him, and he appears to trust her. Mm. And since he can't talk anymore, he makes a buzzing sound. And Charlie goes, "You sound like a bumblebee." You don't, you don't know her. You don't have a name. <laughs> and she decides to name him Bumblebee. Aww. Also, that car was infested with bees at the junkyard, and I would not have gotten in it. But. <laughs> So Charlie, uh, but by activating him, it also causes a signal to go out across the galaxy. So two Decepticons, Shatter and Dropkick, are interrogating the Autobot, <laughs> Cliff Jumper, who keeps saying, I'm Cliff Jumper. Do you remember that? <laughs> Which was pretty funny. I will never tell you, I'm Cliff Jumper. <laughs> it's like it's almost like I feel like he was about to say, I'm Cliff Jumper from the cartoon. <laughs> you know. Cliff Jumper. They kill Cliff Jumper, but of course they straight up slice him in half. They murder him right down his head. That's yes. very violent. If he was not a CGI robot, I mean, these things are like still sentient. Yeah, they, like we're ooh. still seeing a thing die by getting chopped in half by a sword. Sliced. Ooh, man, tough stuff. R.I.P. Cliff Jumper. So those two Autobots, Shatter and Dropkick, they come down to Earth. So the next morning, Charlie goes into the garage to greet Bumblebee, but finds out that he's gone. She freaks out and asks her stepdad, Otis, if someone took the car. And he says that <laughs> Sally took it to take their dog, Conan, to the vet. Otis is her brother. Oh, sorry. Otis the brother. Charlie rides her bike and chases after the bomb as Bumblebee sticks his arm out and she orders him to stop. Charlie stops the car and makes up an excuse so that she can drive the car. She makes her mom move over. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's probably the weirdest most awkward scene in the movie so back at sector 7 hq uh a young agent brings information to burns on energy readings that just came in burns leads his other agents plus this guy dr powell played by john ortiz to a site where they meet shatter and dropkick people of earth we are decepticon peacekeepers patrolling the galaxy shatter tells the agents that they are there for bumblebee claiming he's a fugitive and he must be captured against burns better judgment the agents agree to help the decepticons track bumblebee down charlie takes b to the beach so they can let him know that he has to maintain his disguise around any anybody who is not her look people can be terrible about things they don't understand if they find you they'll probably lock you up in a lab somewhere it'll be bad trust me she takes him into the woods to try to fix something inside of him and she ends up activating a message from optimus prime which is to remind b to aid in bringing the autobots to earth as well as the ongoing cybertronian civil war it triggers a flashback in b for when he was escaping cybertron as you watch optimus prime fighting off shockwave soundwave and ravage so bumblebee has ptsd he's got some totally ptsd cool i can't think of a ptsd joke but i don't <laughs> i want to leave that in so bad Charlie brings B home so she can help him communicate through his radio. She tries a few tapes like the Smiths and Rick Astley, which B shoots at her face, which is funny. Ha ha ha. He hates Rick Astley. And then outside, Memo, the awkward guy that likes her, tries to knock on her door to talk to her, but ends up seeing Bumblebee as an Autobot, and it doesn't help when he transforms into a car right in front of him. Charlie tells Memo not to freak out, and she makes him promise to keep his knowledge between the two of them. Back to Sector 7, they allow Shatter and Dropkick to access their technology and create a connected web of information, a.k.a. The Internet. Ooh. Yeah, that's right, Al Gore. <laughs> Shit. It was Shatter 
and drop kick. Uh-huh. How's that for an inconvenient truth? <laughs> <laughs> we need a terrible joke jar in the studio for you to put dollars into. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll put a dollar in if I laugh anyway. There you go. <laughs> so they're making this internet thing so they can find and capture Bumblebee using satellites and whatever. So Charlie goes ahead to work on the other car while B watches The Breakfast Club and he becomes amused by the famous fist pump shot. <laughs> he goes for another tape, but he grabs a tape labeled Charlie's Dive Meat. <gasps> Charlie gets upset and turns it off because that was the last time she saw her father Aww. as he was the one recording it. She tells B that he died of a heart attack and that she never got to say goodbye. She thinks that fixing the car would be like preserving a piece of him, but she can't fix it and feels helpless. Charlie breaks down and B gives her a, a car hug. Oh! Yeah, she hugs that robot. Later on, Memo joins Charlie and B as they head out for the day. They go to a cliffside where Charlie's classmates are hanging out. The guy who she's put lemonade on recognizes her, but he knows her as being a diver. <sighs> we literally just learned about her diving, and within two minutes, we have a situation with diving. <laughs> he challenges Charlie to a cliff jump off the cliff into the water, but as Charlie gets ready to do so, she backs out, and she's reminded too much of her father. Tina goes to her car to taunt her, cruelly bringing up her father. Tina is a bitch. Like a hardcore one, like a bigger high school biatch than I've seen in any movie. Yeah, and there's there's no scene where Charlie does anything to these girls. No, they're not even in school. It seems like summer. Yet they bring up the dead out of nowhere. Bring yeah. up the dead dad. God, that's so mean. You know Tina OD'd by like 1991. <laughs> <laughs> Memo then proposes they get revenge and later that night they go to Tina's house to try to throw toilet paper and they show B how to get in on it but he throws rolls all over the house then they get some <laughs> eggs to pelt Tina's car with and B manages to throw eggs all onto the car then he gets carried away and proceeds to stomp on Tina's car and completely <laughs> wreck it While Charlie's at work, B follows Conan through the doggy door. He ends up inside the house and he basically destroys the house. But then he also plugs his little finger into a electrical socket and sends this blast of Enertron energy or whatever <laughs> out into the world. And sorry, Energon. What? <laughs> Energon. What the fuck it's- is Energon? <laughs> It's Energon. That's what comes out of his, his fingers. What? Energon. No, that's so weird. Right. Like some other species that on another planet uh-huh. that evolved completely differently from us also has energy called Energon. Yeah, same. So anyway. And they also transform into things that we invented. Yeah, even like when they're on their own planet, they're yeah, turning into still. cars and shit. It's like, <laughs> what the hell? They haven't even have they been to Earth yet? Was yeah, it? but then they just find out about Earth. Right. Continue. We can't unpack this. So shatter and drop kick, pick up the signal. <laughs> and now the Sector 7 agents are hip to where B is. And Memo sees the chaos outside and calls Charlie, urging her to come home. She does so and sees the mess that B made. And she scolds him, scaring him off. Sally later comes home, her mom, to a place that is a mess, and she begins to yell at Charlie, thinking that she's acting out. Charlie yells at her back that says that she's unhappy, and she just leaves, which is so weird. So Charlie leaves to find B, and O discovers for her. She and B are discovered by the agents that are promptly pursued. B tries to protect Charlie, but he gets tased, and so does she. So they're both laying in the street. B is taken to Sector 7, leading Charlie and Memo to go rescue him. 
because Charlie just goes back to her house and sneaks out of a window. Mm-hmm. Shatter and dropkick pick at B's body until they find the message from Optimus. Once they realize that the Autobots are coming to Earth, they decide to contact the other Decepticons to also come to the planet so they can kill their enemies along with the humans. Dr. Powell overhears them and tries to warn Burns just before Dropkick liquidates Powell as well. The Decepticons appear to kill Bumblebee before they head off to make contact. Charlie and Memo run to B and grab cables to try and give him electricity to bring him back. It appears not to work at first, but B rises up. Charlie hugs him. The electric shocks also bring back all of B's memories. He's a badass again. Three step outside, only to be confronted by the agents. Burns mm. orders them to open fire on B to restrain him. <laughs> Take it down! No, stop! Stop it! Contain it! Dismantle it! Strip it down the park! Leave it alone! You understand? I found me! Me! Can't stop! It's a machine! When he sees that Charlie is in danger, B musters up his strength to fight back against the agents. He ends up becoming fueled with rage as he fires back on the agents, severely injuring them until Charlie tells B to stop because she knows that he's not a killer. He's not a killer, B. He is, though. He really is. Yeah. He's a killer, B. B backs down and takes Charlie with him to go to stop the Decepticons. Memo tries to join her, but she tells him to stay behind and friend zones him by giving him a kiss on the cheek. Otis is forced to tell Sally where Charlie is, so she has Ron drive out to find her. They end up in a chase alongside B and Charlie as they're pursued by more agents. B and Charlie manage to get away while Ron narrowly avoids crashing and getting struck by other oncoming vehicles. Otis finds the whole near-death experience awesome until he pukes. Shatter and Dropkick <laughs> prepare to use a device on a tower to send out a call to the Decepticons. Charlie heads up to the tower to remove the device while B fights Dropkick. The Decepticons use his weaponry against B, but the Autobot grabs a chain and wraps it around Dropkick. With one swift pull, B tears Dropkick to pieces. Shatter then tries to kill Charlie, but B swoops in to save her. Burns also attempts to fly in on his jet during the chaos, but is attacked by Shatter before he crashes. B catches his jet and saves Burns. He continues to fight Shatter as Charlie pulls off the device from the tower. Just when it looks like Shatter has the upper hand, B fires a blast that breaks a dam. B grabs Shatter and holds her as a ship crashes into them, destroying Shatter and sending B to the bottom of the water. Charlie dives in and helps him out. Charlie just dives in. <laughs> Burns <laughs> finds them and allows them to leave, now having respect for Bumblebee. Charlie brings B just outside of San Francisco to part ways, knowing that B's fellow Autobots need him, just as Charlie has people there that need her. She tearfully says goodbye to B, and he hugs her. He then scans a Camaro and takes that form before he heads off. And she says something like, you could have been a Camaro the whole time. (laughs) She reunites with her family, hugging Sally, sincerely thanking Otis for letting his parents know where she was and showing Ron a little respect. I get no respect, you know. Oh, my God. I get no respect. Let me tell you, I get no respect. (laughs) I love that you are pulling the tie that you're not wearing while you're doing this. Memo then joins her and tries to hold her hand, but she tells him they're not quite there yet. Optimus meets Bumblebee on Earth, where he tells his leader his new name as they await the arrival of the other Autobots. Meanwhile, Charlie finally fixes up her dad's car and takes it out for a spin. So that's the plot. Now, before we get to fixing, we understand that a lot of people work on a movie. It is hard work to make a movie. So let's go ahead. Let's say something that we liked about this movie. Why don't you go ahead and go first, Lady Wanko? Haley Seinfeld. She's lovely. And half the time, she's technically alone in those scenes. She was great. I thought she was absolutely amazing. She was wonderful. This movie would not be any good without her. Any other actress, this is garbage. Mm-hmm. She carries the entire thing. 
Totally. She puts Bumblebee on her back. <laughs> Bumblebee rides her, and she never gets exhausted. Oh. Where's that jar? Over here. <laughs> Give me it. Keep it close. Yeah, no, we're going to keep it right here. What did you like about this movie, JC? I like that the movie did away with all of the super sexualized, broad stereotypes, overgeneralizations of races and people. It was just, you know, it got rid of all of the borderline offensive garbage from the other movies. Mm -hmm. So I did like that all of that was out. I liked that it was a kinder, gentler screenplay. Let's just say that. Yeah. But I did miss some of that bayhem. Okay, without further ado, now that we got the niceties out of the way, it is time to fix this movie. Are you ready to fix this movie, Lady Wan? Yeah. Let's fix this. Okay. <laughs> I still, again, like hairballs. All right, Lady One, why don't you lay on us your first fix? Go ahead. So my first fix has to do with the scene where Charlie is um, just told to go to her room and therefore escapes the feds. Oh, after the tasing, after they both get tased. Okay. Once the government knows where Bumblebee is, they confront them and Bumblebee gets tased and she touches Bumblebee so she gets tased through him and uh then she just wakes up in her bed and she goes out and john cena is talking to her parents and he's like she stole government property and she's like no i didn't that's not even their their property like he's not theirs that's not what happened and her mom just goes go to your room and so you know she does and and the government knows she's been hanging out with an alien like <laughs> an alien robot she's not being questioned nah, no. she's not like no, go to your room quarantined Go to your room. It's just go to your room. Yeah. So not surprisingly, she sneaks out and then the movie continues. But I think that instead of the setup that the movie gave us, she should wake up from being tased in the hospital because she's been fucking tased. <laughs> like yeah. stuff has gone down. So I want her to wake up in the hospital. We can still have the same interaction between John Cena and her parents and he can tell them that she's stolen government property and she can argue and get dismissed again. But Instead of it happening the way it does, my fix is that uh, Memo has come to visit her in the hospital, which is cute, instead of how he's just like hanging out at his house down the street. So he comes to visit her because he likes her. And uh, she goes and finds him and says, you know, they they told me I stole government property. No one believes me. No one will listen to me. Let's do it then. Let's steal government property. And they can take one of those Hummers. Those ones back in the day didn't use keys. They just had a switch that you just flip the switch and you could drive off with them. And so I want Charlie and Memo to leave this hospital in like a government Hummer, go to the base where Bumblebee is being kept. And instead of just like, they just didn't turn on the electric fence the day that they're questioning an alien robot. They just didn't turn on the electric fence. We get one line of dialogue. Oh, that's right. She just kind of like goes through it and the guy's like, how did you know that wasn't electrified? And she's like, I, I, didn't. I didn't. Like movie line. Like I didn't. Like, why well, wait, why are they not be? on? Yeah. There's alien yeah. robots There's in there. There's alien in there. There's three why? alien robots in there. What are you doing? Why is that electric fence not on? And why are you able to just go in the hole in the yeah, fence? Yeah, you just pull pull the fence. No big deal. So it's also a way funnier scene if we get Charlie and Memo like pulling down like some hats left in the car, like going through the security line. Like, yeah, yeah, we're supposed to be here when they're clearly like children. That's just a way better scene. We get her stealing a Hummer, escaping from the hospital, teaming up with Memo again, and just driving it to the base. That's way better than just climbing out her window. And going through a hole in the face. Yeah. That's way more cinematic. Yeah. This this film has a lot of what I feel are really sloppy screenplay moments. We got some first draft 
stuff in this movie. Yes, it does. This whole movie feels like a first draft that nobody looked over and, and patched up. There was no script doctor on this one. Oh, yeah, because the first draft, everybody saw it and they're like, this is so much better than those other Transformers movies. Let's just make it. And nobody thought, hey, this could actually be even better. We don't have to go with the first draft. It's that bay curve, man. <laughs> Transformers. <laughs> JC, what's your first fix? My fix, actually, it's not similar, but it piggybacks off of kind of that idea of like, the parents are just like, go to your room. Mm -hmm. you know? So there's all this crazy stuff going on with the government mm -hmm. and her and an alien. And there are so many head scratching parenting moves in this movie. <laughs> yeah. There's one scene that's so egregious, too. Bumblebee has just gone through this doggy. Well, he thinks he's going to go through a doggy door. But <laughs> he, said he, knocked, he knocks down the entire kitchen door. Mm -hmm. Then he proceeds to completely damage, like, the entire interior of this house. Yeah. Destroys it. Yeah. Charlie gets home and is like, oh, my God, B, what did you do? My parents are going to kill me. Her mom comes home. And instead of her mom being like, explain what happened here, <laughs> my whole house is destroyed. Right. Like, what just happened here? They have, like, a small mother-daughter argument about not the house. No. And Charlie leaves. Mm -hmm. In what world... Does that parent let the kid leave without the kid explaining why the entire house is destroyed? No answers. Mm. Let's you leave with no answers. And there are so many weird moments like that. It's bizarre. Is the, is, is the mother not worried about this truly odd behavior that's going on from this kid randomly? Like It makes no sense. And she does not question it. The government shows up to talk to the parents and the girl just sneaks out of the window. It's it's really strange. Yeah, they're not even confused as to why the government has showed up. This is my fix for all of this garbage. Take the parents out of the movie. Ooh. This is the 80s. It's the era of bad parents. <laughs> <laughs> the rise of the latchkey kids. Right. Like, you know, a lot of single parents, divorced parents. If you've seen any Spielberg movie, which I think this was, this was based on the poster and what I see in this movie, this was supposed to be kind of an Amblin-esque He's a movie. producer. Yeah. So you're going to get this kind of like broken family dynamic. And somebody rode a bike. And somebody riding a bicycle. <laughs> But I think the thing that would fix this up so much is to show the discontentment she has with her mother and her stepfather. You can have a scene where there's a fight. Uh, she's still not over her father's death. But have that happen early in the movie, right? So you, like, establish... Mm -hmm. the discontent in the house right yeah the parents are actually going on a trip and since she's a high school age girl she's 18 now today she's 18 <laughs> it's her 18th birthday she's left to babysit her brother then you just get the parents out of the movie. Yep. They can come back and be shocked with like, what the hell's going on or whatever. But anyway. Oh, just like when Buzz comes home at the end of Home Alone and he's like, Kevin, what did you do to my room? Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay, so ready? Here it is. Could it, that, almost that exact thing could happen. <laughs> So she goes on her adventure with Bumblebee. But all of this better explains why she's so free to drive around, to like get into trouble, to cause destruction, if the parents are not around. And maybe in the end, the government and John Cena come and fix her house before her parents get home. Ooh. And John Cena leaves thanking her for her help, but still warns her that they're watching her and <gasps> Bumblebee. That's so good. And then you have this scene where the parents come in and are like, so anything happened while we were gone? Ah! And she's like, no, nothing much. 
you know, maybe at the end when they get home, she hugs her and Ron and they're both like, why is she hugging us? And maybe they're like, man, we should go away more often. And <laughs> you know, like I love that. Fresh Prince was wise when he said parents just don't understand. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Lady, want to know you have a second fix. Why don't you lay it on us? Okay, so this movie tries really, really hard to make sure that we know that Charlie used to dive and that her dad was really supportive of her dive meets. Oh, yeah. It's very important that we know this. It comes up several times throughout the movie, including from the jump when she uh, throws away her diving trophies. And her mom says, you're going to regret that one day. And like, hey, uh, movie mom, no, you're not. You don't need your trophies. Just throw them away, man. I still have mine. Oh, really? Yeah. Who doesn't keep their trophies? No, dude. No. Those aren't real accomplishments. Maybe you didn't earn any trophies. I did. I did. Softball for two years. Anyway, so this movie really wants us to know that she was a diver. I guess the movie thinks we're tying it all around. We're closing the loop because she has to dive into the water at the end of the movie to save Bumblebee. Except for when she dives into the water, she just swims down to him and is like, hey. Yeah, he's like fine (laughs) down there. Yeah, no, he's just chilling down there and she kind of gets in his face and then the two of them swim away together. That's it. She doesn't rescue him at all. No, mm -mm. right. She doesn't do anything down there because being a state champion diver doesn't mean that you can lift robots out of the water. That's not (laughs) part of her skill set. She could just dive really well. So it's very silly because she gets upset about diving off the cliff with the rude high school kids and the diving video because as she says in the movie like that just it reminds her of her dad and it makes her so upset and she just can't handle that except for being a mechanic reminds her of her dad and working on that corvette reminds her of her dad and that's very important to her yeah and she wants a part of him so which one is it charlie do you want to think about your dad and like feel his memory or do you not want to think about your dad because it upsets you so much it's yeah it's like two completely opposed ideas in this movie you can't have it both ways you can't and guess which one is actually useful being a mechanic so so let's just get rid of this diving thing yeah we don't need it at all no it just it just doesn't need to happen we can still have her jump into the water as any person would do to save someone at the end and she can help free bumblebee if he's trapped under some of the crash when he breaks the dam or since she's a mechanic maybe he's down there and she uses like mechanic skills to get him started back up yeah yeah that's an actually relevant skill set so so much more sense let's just get rid of the diving man and diving's not cool just ask jason statham Jason Statham, who's not having a good time. He's moved from 8th, slipped down to 11th. Statham with his inward 3.5, somersault with Pike. And it's short again. Do you have one last fix, JC? Of course. I mean, my first fix and this fix combined, I'm pretty sure that they... I was bored to tears whenever the movie went away from Haley Steinfeld and Bumblebee. Mm-hmm. When it when it went to the government stuff and the scientists and the internet and the two other Decepticons that are tricking the government. Wait, you weren't impressed with Angela Bassett and Justin Theroux? No. I, <laughs> I tuned out so hard whenever that happened. I was like, let's go back to the 80s high school stuff. I don't, I don't want to watch this. Mm-hmm. Like, I would rather see this. 
have the government be slowly tracking a strange object that landed in the woods, like E.T. <gasps> Eventually, the government busts in, but not till after we get 80s high school antics with Charlie and Bumblebee. <gasps> Bumblebee is always like in, encouraging her, getting her into situations that challenge her to be a better person, to better her life, make her into a, a stronger, more confident person, a mm-hmm. more social person, finally asking the boy out, etc. <gasps> I, I want to be in an 80s John Hughes movie with Charlie and Bumblebee. Oh my God, yes. Bumblebee even emulates the scene from Breakfast Club. Yeah. Give me more 80s high school movie. Have nice. him emulate more 80s movies. I actually want him to watch more 80s movies, emulate the the gestures and the sounds and the music that comes from that. Oh, that'd be so good. I want him changing her life for the better. I, I want her going from somebody who is like upset estranged from her family not very popular at at school to a confident person who fixes all of these relationships with the help of bumblebee in an awesome 80s setting we need the classic 80s prom night scene (gasps) i would love if this was more of an 80s movie do away with the government parts i just want to see Haley and bumblebee in their 80s situations with 80s music, having 80s problems, living 80s John Hughes lives. I would love for Charlie to ride to prom in Bumblebee. That's when, by the way, she learns Bumblebee can become a Camaro. Oh my God, I love this. (laughs) Yes. I want to watch this movie. She learns Bumblebee can become a Camaro when it's time to go to prom. You know, and if you have to add the government stuff, so John Cena and his team are slowly tracking something like they know that there's something and they've pinpointed kind of to, the, to this town because there's clues and things so you know that the government is kind of just a step behind right and when they do arrive they do end up uh, separating bumblebee from charlie and it's very like emotional because they're best friends now maybe a decepticon has been hiding the entire time in their <sighs> midst as a military helicopter or something Ooh. like that and they've got bumblebee there Mm-hmm. And that Decepticon helicopter transforms and we're like, man, I've been seeing that helicopter the whole movie. I didn't know it was a Decepticon. Like maybe John Cena's been riding around in it the whole time. Just different. I, I wanted less government, more John Hughes mm-hmm. in this 80s movie. Love it. Don't, 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 don't you <laughs> forget about B. Oh, <laughs> put a dollar in there. So sick. All right. So with that out of the way, with our fixes out of the way, do you have a final thought, Lady One? I do, actually. So once again, as with Aquaman last episode, I felt like I was seeing a kid's movie with this, except for, again, they said shit several times. But I let it slide with Bumblebee because it wouldn't be an 80s movie if people weren't constantly just throwing around the word shit. The Goonies. Yeah. It's still a kid's movie if you say shit. 80s kids movies said shit quite a bit. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. So So if you're going to try to make an homage, yeah. you're going to have these kids say shit a lot. Yes. There was a lot of shit in Aquaman and a lot of shit in this. Movie. Yeah. It's just I think they changed the rules and you can just say it and it's no big deal. I think PG, I think these movies are allowed one fuck. I think PG-13, PG-13 is I think. one fuck and PG is two shits. <laughs> based on what i've been seeing that's what i think is the rule (laughs) (laughs) and you can say bitch in any any of them oh yeah no that's fine because the patriarchy (laughs) (laughs) 
lot of patriarchy in this app. Yeah. Do you have a final thought about Bumblebee, JC? Yeah. So my final, th- I it's not really a final thought, but it's like a piece of info, like a piece of trivia. The voice of Bumblebee was Dylan O'Brien, who is the main actor in The Maze Runner. Really? Yeah. So they gave Bumblebee kind of a younger actor voice like a young hot guy right like a young hawkeye voice i figured to kind of like match with Haley steinfeld because dylan o'brien is only he was born in 1991 so he's like 27 28 and she's 22 in real life so they made it both actors in their 20s because there are moments where they're friends but at the same time they're really close and at some points there was like love there and i think they cast dylan o'brien to be the voice so that it would feel less strange that they would be as caring and loving towards each other. Hmm. Does that does that make sense, or am I just a weirdo? What is it? Um, I mean, both can be true. Okay, so I guess without further ado, <laughs> we should consider this movie. Screen. All right, why don't you send us home, Lady One? If you'd like to reach us here at the show, you can send an email to screenfixpod at gmail.com or you can tweet us at screenfixpod, follow us on Instagram at screenfixpod, and we're on Facebook too, Screenfix Podcast. You can listen to the show on Spotify, Libsyn, Google Play, Stitcher, and of course, Apple Podcasts. And if you're enjoying the show, go ahead, rate the show, leave a review, subscribe so you never miss an episode, and please tell a friend we also have a patreon account so if you want to donate to the show we would love it uh we have dreams of keeping the show going forever doing the podcast we also have dreams of opening a one screen movie theater to be the home of podcasting and film festivals and marathons and all those great kind of film things that we love and we want you all to be a part of that so how about we leave everybody with your best bumblebee transforming from (laughs) a car to a humanoid form You. Go ahead and give it, Lady One. Go. I'm pretty sure that was a seal getting clubbed. Well, you know, save the whales. <laughs> Whatever. <Sick. laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Right, here's mine. Let me see. <laughs> yeah, put your shoulders into it. That's right, what I, I did. I did. I got yeah. my shoulders into yeah. it. We're shoulders gonna, right, into it. <laughs> <laughs> Not better. That was really bad. It's a unique sound, okay? Oh, man. All right. Anyway, tune in. Next week, we will have another episode of Screen Fix. Bye, everybody. Bye. Let me clear my throat. <laughs> oh my god! Ah ah ah! Fix it. Putting so many dollars in the bad joke jar today. When I say three, you gotta fix one time. When I say three, <laughs> oh my god. my god! We won't need a Patreon when I'm done. <laughs> <laughs>